What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch. This is the Utah Preps Zone podcast powered by the Zone Sports Network. A big thank you for joining us. We are kicking off our 2020 season coverage with our season preview edition of the podcast today. And a big thank you for downloading this show. We're going to have a lot of fun this fall, and who knows what this fall is going to entail for high school football across the state of Utah. Going to be unprecedented in many ways because we don't know what the season's going to hold. That's the ultimate, I think, storyline going into it. There's so many uncertainties with what 2020 has held so far. And Utah high school football, very much going to be a case study. They are going to be the first high school athletic administration, high school activities association, excuse me, to kick off their season as they have Davis facing Harriman Thursday night out there in Harriman. And of course, a full slate of games on Friday, which is traditionally known as the endowment games uh, for high school football. A lot going on with the current format of high school football. 50 players per team capped to be on the sideline. Of course, the players box will be able to go from 10-yard line to 10-yard line. Usually, it's uh, 25-yard line to 25-yard line. They want to encourage social distancing as much as possible. Coaches, the box will remain the same, but coaches are going to be wearing masks. Players have to have their own water bottles. There are just so many different things that go into this upcoming season that I think are going to make people really sit up and say, wow, that's very different. But at the same time, it is still high school football and we're all here for the love of the game. That's the fun part about it all is that there are going to be games being played these athletes have spent uh, long hours throughout the offseason getting ready for the upcoming season. A number of them had uh, hours taken away from them training with their coaches and fellow teammates due to the COVID-19 related shutdowns that took place earlier this year. So there is a lot of, I think, pent up emotion and energy for these high school athletes as they get ready for the upcoming season. And I'm excited to be along for the ride. We're going to have a lot of great uh, guests on this podcast, co-hosts, all kinds of people from all over the state. And you're going to hear four of them on today's podcast. This is going to be a little more of a quote unquote, supersized edition of the podcast or season preview. We're going to be checking in at different places around the state, have different experts from those parts of the state. Talk about the high school football action in those various regions. We'll check in in region nine with Devin Dixon from ESPN 97.7 in St. George, Sean Walker. Those of you who listened to the podcast last year, will remember him as the co-host. He'll check in uh, from KSL.com to talk about Salt Lake in Utah County and some of the overarching themes of this upcoming season. We'll also get a look at Northern Utah with both Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner as we talk about Region 1 and Region 5 up in the greater Davis, Weber, and Box Elder County areas. And also Ajay Salveson from up there in Logan, uh, 106.9 The Fan, a radio host up there covering high school football in the Cache Valley. So a lot to get to on the podcast ahead, and let's have some fun with it. We'll also talk about our top 20 rankings. We put out our top 20 rankings on our Twitter feed. You can follow us at Utah Preps Zone. Real easy to find. Our top 20 rankings went out earlier this week. We'll break those down a little bit on today's podcast as well. It's all ahead as we talk high school football right here on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. guys let's kick things off here let's talk with sean walker from ksl.com a good friend he'll be a regular co-host and contributor to this podcast throughout the upcoming season 
You're going to hear us talk a lot about the, the, the unknowns, a lot of the uncertainties with the upcoming 2020 football season. We also talk a little bit about high school football, both in Utah and Salt Lake counties, uh, focusing on 5A and 6A regions, who we think the favorites are going to be, uh, some of the different storylines going into the season. So a lot to cover, and let's kick it off right now. Sean Walker from KSL.com joining me right here on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Uh, you caught me when I was uh, in my apartment, Jake. So if the audio quality is a little unclear, that's why we're speaking over the phone. So it's it's a little awkward not to be staring into your bright crystal blue eyes as we discuss some uh, Utah high school football. I, I don't have to remind you again that my eyes are green and not blue, but we'll we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> did I mention I'm colorblind? Uh, you did. You have mentioned that a time or two as well, so I understand <laughs> that. All right, uh, Sean. Obviously, a lot going in high school football here in the state. Uh, it's actually made headlines due to the fact that the U- Utah High School Athletics Administration has decided they're going to push forward with the season. Uh, it kicks off with Davis against Harriman. It's literally. The the first high school game of the year in the entire United States. What is your thought on what the UHSAA and all of the people involved are going forward with here? Honestly, Jake, the word I keep coming back to is messy. Um, and Rob Cuff mentioned to do it, mentioned that word to us multiple times. Um, when talking about the upcoming season, we've heard it from guys like Tom Sherwood, who the principal of Brighton, who, who's kind of one of the standout leaders on the, uh, the board of trustees. Um, I was also speaking with a couple of assistant directors at the UHSA just the other day, and they kept coming back to that word as well. Just this, this season in general could get to be really, really messy. Um, I don't want to throw too much pessimism into the season because I think there is a way that we can play a healthy and quote-unquote safe shall we say, high school football season. I do think that there are precautions and protocols in place, and a lot of really smart people have kind of come up with those precautions. Um, but if we think we're going to get out of the season clean, I got news for you, Matt, because there, there are probably going to be cancellations. Uh, there are almost certainly going to be postponements. There are going to be weeks where one team was supposed to play Team Y, but instead they're playing Team Z or maybe even Team Q. Um, and maybe those get rescheduled even multiple times in the same week. So I, I think people are going to get messy, but I think when you compare it to um, what some of the spring sport athletes, namely baseball, softball, lacrosse, boys soccer, what they had to go through in the spring, having their season just completely upended, um, I think even a messy season is, is something that players and coaches around the state are going to take right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think you're dead on with that assessment. Messy is probably a very apt term for what we're going to endure here. And I'm of the hope that we do finish out a season. I'm with you, though. There are going to be cancellations. There are going to be rescheduling. There is going to be rescheduling going on of different games. But I think the biggest thing is I think the UHSAA saw what happened, as you mentioned, with the spring sports and just the seasons being wiped out entirely, um, how big of an impact it had on those athletes. I don't think they want to go through that again. So I think that they're going to push forward here and, if at all possible, finish out a year that very well could be unprecedented in many ways. Yeah, what uh, unprecedented is, is absolutely the word. This is going to be a season unlike any other Um and I'm, I'm really excited to get started on Thursday. I mean, I, I think we've got a great game to kick it off with uh, your Davis darts traveling just up the road to you, I believe, 
to uh, Harriman High School in Salt Lake County. It's a stone's throw away from where I live. I reside in Saratoga Springs, so Harriman is just up the road, up Redwood Road, essentially. I think it's going to be a fun game to kick off the season. I think a lot of eyes around the country are going to be on that game, Sean. And you're right. I think these are two teams that are got a lot of talent. Uh, of course, Davis had a Region 1, hoping to contend for a Region title this year. And Harriman, well, they just reside in the SEC of, of high school football in the state of Utah. So should be a pretty good game. I'd probably say this most years, but I really feel like Davis, should be one of it, not be front runners to win a Region One title uh, this year. There are a lot of question marks coming back with their offense. Um, only five returning starters out of that multiple formation that they had last year. But maybe most importantly, two two or three of their five offensive linemen return. I think two starters and another who rotated in quite regularly. Um, if I remember right. And then Chen Trujillo is back at quarterback. So obviously that's a really, really big deal. You know, if, if you're breaking in a mostly new offensive system, if you have the guy, uh, if you have a guy like Trujillo and then running back Spencer Ferguson will also be there in the backfield, that, that gives you a really good core, I think, to build around from a team um, that was not super dynamic, but explosive enough, I would say, last year in the darts. Average about 21 points per game, uh, which is top 20 in the state in Class 6 A. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that game. Sean, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Region 4 here. Uh, we put out our top 20 rankings for the Utah Preps zone, and as our good friend Brandon Gurney pointed out, uh, I believe five of the six teams in Region 4 were ranked in the top 10 of our rankings. This region, man, year in and year out, is just an absolute uh, gauntlet. If, and whoever wins the region, yeah, you deserve to be one of the favorites to win a state title. Should we expect anything different from Region 4 this year than we've expected in the past? Uh, no, probably not. And I think we're going to start right away with seeing just how good and how explosive Region 4 can be. One of the best games for my money of, of this weekend is uh, Lone Peak traveling to Tempe on uh, on Friday night. It's going to be uh, the Deseret News Rewind game of the week. We'll have that live stream over at live.ksl.com, um, et cetera. So shameless plug right there for you guys. Come join us, hang out with us some. Um, and I, I think that Lone Peak-Tempe game can kind of set the tenure in a lot of ways for what this region looks like. But, um, I, I mean, between so between the night. And then just down the road, you've got American Fork, which returns uh, a good chunk of its team from last year, just a consistent top four, top five team in XA. Um, I think PG is going to be really good. Mark Ruin seemed to have a really nice thing running there with the Vikings before bowing out of the playoffs last year. Uh, you never really know what to expect with Skyridge. Um, and I I, I went to the, I'll, I'll be honest with you here. I, I uh, checked out Skyridge with their uh, squad scrimmage last week, and it looks like a John Lehman offense. Um, so I didn't recognize a lot of the names on the back of the jersey, but I definitely recognize that offensive unit. Oh, and by the way, I just happened to forget about the two-time defending state champions. I was, was, was going to say, well, um, we forgot about one team there, Sean. <laughs> yeah, who, 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 to be fair, are breaking in a new quarterback. Um but a new quarterback is presumed to be one Jackson Dart, the signal caller from Roy High School, who made the transfer over the summer to, uh, is it Charger Way? I think it's Charger Way out there that they call it. 
Yeah. I, somebody, I, somebody will email us in and, and be really mad that I messed up the name of that street. That's okay. All right, Sean. So, obviously, Corner Canyon, two-time defending champions. They're number one in our rankings for a reason. Well, if you're going to reload with a quarterback, why not reload with a three-year starter who's already played at the 6A level for three years and was an all-state candidate? Uh, and, and if you're going to break in a new quarterback, why not do it with a guy that I like to call the quarterback whisperer. I don't think I'm alone in that. And, and Eric Hare, who's produced some of the best quarterbacks in the state. I mean, most recently, BYU started Zach Wilson, obviously came through there in Corner Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, to Coach Kerr's time at Jordan, he coached some guy named Austin Consensus. You might have heard of him. Um, <laughs> he was pretty good back in his day. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think I think Jackson Dark can just be kind of the next in a long line of really, really good uh, quarterbacks coached by Coach Care. But let's, let's also not forget, Jake, this is an offensive system that was first in Class 6A last year, averaged more than 45 points per game, and eight starters are back from that unit. Eight of their 11 offensive starters returned. So, yes, while it's true, they're trying to reload at quarterback. Um, and I think they also lost a uh, senior offensive lineman, which, which could be a big deal. I, I mean, Jackson Dart's got weapons coming in here mm-hmm. with guys like Noah Kerr, Cody Hagan, uh, Thomas Hanley had some really good moments. Um, one, one of my kind of secretly favorite players to watch last year was running back Austin Bell, who's like five foot four, but just 400 pounds of pure brute force. Absolutely runs like a wrecking ball uh, in so many ways, and he seems to be healthy after hurting his elbow in the uh, state semifinals last year. I think it was quarterfinals or the semifinals. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, but yeah, he looks to be totally healthy. So this is this is an offense that I think has a lot of weapons, even outside of their brand new quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, Sean, I wanted to ask you a little bit of what you think of what's going on in 5A this year. Uh, We have three teams in 5A this year that have gone independent. Uh, Speaking of the Cottonwood Colts, the Payson Lions, and the Timpanogos Timberwolves, they're not eligible for the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken here, but they're trying to rebuild their programs, and they feel like going an independent route for the next cycle of high school reclassification is the best route for them. What are your thoughts on these independent programs? Yeah, I had I had some time to sit down actually with athletic directors from each one of these schools uh, over the spring and summer while they were figuring out kind of how to how to make it as an independent. Um, and and each one of them told me this this is this is the best route the, the best route um, for kind of rebuilding a program that in some cases used to be competitive for those state titles. And I know Payson. Back when they were in the lower classifications, were were consistently a top three, top fourteen uh, in the state. Tempanogos obviously has had its years and fallen on a lot of downtime, um, and and so giving up that kind of carrot of the state playoffs of the postseason isn't really a whole lot. We talk about just just trying to win some games and build up a program and and bring in more than at at one point. Payson's coach was telling me that that he had fewer than 20 kids that were eligible for his varsity team. I think they were shooting up something like 18 or 19 for one game. That's just, that's just unhealthy. That's unsafe. That's asking for a lot of injuries, I think, from a lot of guys. And it's just because students, overall students, were just tired of, of losing, of, 
Um, I think one student said, quote, being a joke, which we can take the merits for that as it were. I mean, these are high school kids talking about that, but but they, they were just tired of all of that, and so they just didn't have the numbers. They didn't have the bodies to adequately compete um, with most of Class 5A. So I, I honestly, I like this move. I think it's a good move. Uh, like you mentioned, really the only downside to it is you can't compete in a UHSAA-sanctioned state tournament. Um, but each one of these ADs and coaches told me that, that they weren't realistically competing with the best teams in 5A already. And so it's better just to be able to take a step back, get your feet under you, put together your own schedule, and try to see if you can find some sort of sustained success anywhere, whether it's playing smaller schools or larger schools or keeping your schedule um, smaller you know, to a, to a region that you might not be aligned with in your classification. So I, I think it's a good move overall. What do you think? I do agree with the fact that, yeah, it gives you an opportunity to hopefully build a little bit more sustainable base for, for a program of these three programs caliber. All of them have had their moments uh, as being good teams, pacing probably the most fur- farthest removed from sustained success, but I'm with you. I think it's an opportunity for these programs, yeah, hopefully to win some games, get those in, those numbers up for those programs, and then hopefully when they re-enter a, a region or whatever classification they end up being reclassified into they can compete at a higher level i think it's a it's a it it should be a good scenario for them if it works out the way they expect it to and of course we'll find out it's going to be a kind of a two-year experiment here and then they'll be re-entering the classification reclassification period again and we'll see where that where it shakes out for them but i do think it's an opportunity for them to hopefully uh, become a little more competitive uh sean i wanted to ask you down in 5a obviously there are there are a lot of teams here. You have teams in the Salt Lake Valley in Region 6. Olympus, one of the best out of that region. Go to Region 7, you've got Timpview and Orem, uh, two of the best teams in 5A in that region. Even in Region 8, Salem Hills. Who do you think out of the 5A ranks is your favorite? Um, well, you mentioned a lot of the really good ones there in Class 5A, but I'm going to go with one that you didn't mention okay. here. Um, and I... You know me, we've, we've talked on this podcast a lot, especially last year. I do really, really like Salem Hills. I think that's a great, uh, great squad. Uh, I think they may have one of the better quarterbacks in Class 5A. But I'm not sure they're the, they're, they may be considered the favorites in Region 8. Um, and just from a team perspective, that favorite tag, I've, I'm hearing a lot of really good things about Maple Mountain, Jake. Okay. Um, Maple Mountain coming back off of a not great but a pretty good year last year. They were about a game and a half away from, I think, winning that Region Eight title from Springville. Um, but they return uh, they they return six offensive starters, including quarterback Tyler Nelson. That's, that's obviously a big deal. Uh, seven more starters on defense are back, including pretty much their entire front seven. Derek Blackthorn, the, the hard-hitting linebacker there, is, is one of, I think, one of those kids to watch. They've got a really good pass rush defensively that I think it's underrated and overlooked a lot. Um, and I think head coach Brad Burnshaw could really be onto something um, in now his, what is it, has it been oh, 11 it's, years? 12 it, it's years, been a good run, yeah. Like that. It, it, 
Yeah, it feels like an eternity that Coach Burnshaw has been there at Maple Mountain. I think he might be the only coach they've ever had, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, yeah, it's been a long time, and, and I think this could be a really good year for Maple Mountain. Okay, now in 6A, Sean, uh, we talked about Corner Canyon, the two-time defending champions. I think they're probably the favorite, but I've got a I've got a good feeling about Bingham. Dave Peck is back as the head coach of the Bingham Miners. Who is your pick in 6A? Oh, boy. <laughs> it feels like defaulting to Bingham is kind of a little bit of a cop-out. Um, and here's why. Here's why, Jake, in particular. That Region 3 is going to be absolutely loaded. We talked a little bit about Harriman opening up the season Thursday against Davis. Uh, if they get out of the starting box well, I think they've got to be a contender in Region 3. But you go down the list. I mean, um, Coach Maddich out of East has another one of his just patented triple options with like six guys that can run the ball at any time. Um, and then I've also heard really good things about Jordan. Even Riverton is coming off of off of a, a season where before some shenanigans, shall we say, I thought Riverton <laughs> was a team that probably should have won at least one or two games in the state playoffs last year before running into maybe the best, uh, what were they, 13th-seeded Lone Peak team uh, in the history of Utah High School football. Um, so, I mean, I, I think Region 3 is just absolutely stacked and loaded. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way and say that Corner Canyon is not the favorite um, to win another state championship. I think that would be foolish. But I think whoever emerges, emerges out of that Region 3 dogfight is going to make definitely make some moves in the postseason. All right, Sean, before we let you go, anything else we need to touch on that you feel like is a pressing issue as you look forward to the season coming up? Can I just bring you right back around to that messiness? Um, this is going to be one of those years that are unlike any other. Um, and there are going to be cancellations, and there are going to be postponements. And I've already heard from some parents that are upset with two weeks two-week quarantine because of contract, contact tracing and all that. Um, to anybody listening to this podcast, don't get upset over quarantines like that. Contact tracing is a thing. COVID-19 is a thing. It's serious. Uh, I've known people that have been directly affected by the virus. I'm sure you have too. I'm sure pretty much everyone here in the state, we, we, we're, our numbers are, you know, we're, we're trending down, but we still have a pretty high infection rate of this virus. Um, we're trying to control a pandemic while also figuring out how to play Utah high school football. So if things look a little weird and they feel a little messy and they just don't feel right, well, we haven't experienced this for at least 100 years. So maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, thanks again. Uh, we'll do this again. I'm going to have you on as a co-host regularly throughout the season for however long it lasts, hopefully the entire way. But we'll have some fun along the way, all right? All three games of it. I'm looking forward to it, Jake. There you go, Sean Walker. And some interesting picks there from Sean. He thinks Maple Mountain could be a dark horse in the 5A ranks. And obviously, Bingham, they're a blue blood in this state. They've been so good for so long now. Dave Peck now back in charge of what's going on with the Bingham Miners. Corner Canyon, I think, is the heavy, heavy favorite, no matter what. Uh, to repeat, as 6A state champions, they are my pick, speaking of Corner Canyon. And let's take a minute here and actually talk about the top 20 rankings on our 
on the podcast. We're going to be doing this on our Twitter feed, and you can follow us each week. We'll put out new rankings each week as we react to what's going on on the gridiron. Let's go with the top five right now. That is our good friends at Corner Canyon. Of course, when you're the defending 6A champions, you're the king of the state. And as Sean just talked about, they're bringing back a bevy of their starters on offense. And then you have Jackson Dart, who might be the best quarterback in the high school ranks in the state of Utah this year. Well, you're going to be easily the number one pick and the number one team in the state. They're followed closely by Bingham. Uh, Bingham, obviously, with Dave Peck returning to the sidelines. John Lamborn did nothing to slow down the Miners. He decided he wanted to move on. Dave Peck wanted to get back into the coaching game. And as such, Dave Peck is Dave Peck, excuse me, is back at a familiar post out there in South Jordan. The Miners are always loaded with talent. They've always got a lot going on for them. And I would expect that it's going to be between Bingham and, and Corner Canyon for 6A supremacy this year. But there are other teams who are going to have a say about that. That brings us to number three, the Lone Peak Knights. Lone Peak is a team similar to Bingham and also Corner Canyon recently where just seemingly each year they just reload. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of uh, heightened expectations down there in the greater Alpine area for Lone Peak. And as such, we've ranked them number three in our rankings going into the season. East brings up number four here. They are the other team in 6A out of Region 3 that I really think can make a push this year. There's a lot of talent along the lines for East. Uh, Voy Tunuufi, a great player there. Uh, Brandon Maddich, you know what you're going to get from East. Hard-nosed football. They just have the ability to really pound people, and that's that's what you're going to get. And East is going to be an interesting team to track because in week two, they're actually going to face off against their number five team in our preseason rankings. And that is the Orem Tigers, the two-time defending 5A state champions. They've won three titles in a row overall. Jeremy Hill has done a great job with that program, and they're going to be heavily favored, I think, to repeat or at least be in the mix in the 5A ranks. We're going to learn a lot about this team. They open up the season in a crosstown rivalry with the Mountain View Bruins, and then they will face off against the East Leopards in Week 2. Orem's going to have an interesting season ahead of them. Can they reload like they've done in the past seasons and make a run at a state title? We're going to find out early here because I think East is a great early season test for them to really show what they're made of, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. We'll break down more of our top 25 throughout the rest of the podcast, but coming up here in just a second, going to have a great conversation with our good friend Patrick Carr, a guy who was on the podcast last year, does a great job covering Northern Utah preps for the Standard Examiner up there in Ogden. We'll talk Region 1, we'll talk Region 5, we'll even get some thoughts on Region 10 with both Ogden. And Ben Lohman. We'll get to that here in just a second on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. All right, guys, let's go to Northern Utah and talk with our good friend Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner up there in Ogden. Does a great job covering prep scene up in Northern Utah. He's been a resource for me over the years as I have participated in the Northern Utah High School Football Player of the Week Awards with John Watson Chevrolet. And it's going to continue this year. I think he's going to do a great job covering Northern Utah. He'll be a resource for us here on this podcast. But without further ado, let's talk Northern Utah High School Football with Patrick Carr from the Ogden State. Standard Examiner. Patrick, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well, man. How are you? Doing great. Uh, high school football is here. The state of Utah going to be, I believe, the first uh, state to have high school football kicking off this season. And, of course, you're covering things up there in northern Utah. What about northern Utah football this year excites you? Well, um, I think that biggest thing that excites me is the 
competitiveness and unknown factor in each of the region races in region one and region five. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because if you look at region one, which Syracuse won region one last year, and then there were three teams that finished tied for second behind it, Roy Mm -hmm. Weaver and Fremont at five and two. Well, so many of the teams in region one were very senior heavy last year, most especially Syracuse. Um, they graduated Ty Burke. He's going to be at BYU in a couple of years. They graduated Bridger Hamblin, a quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, about 42 touchdowns. So you almost look at the a lot of the senior heavy teams from last year as question marks, right? What are they going to be this year? And there's really only one team in the region where you kind of know anything about, and that's Davis because they're one of two teams with a starting returning quarterback, Chance Trujillo. They've got really exciting wide receiver punt returner, David Spute. Um, he's got a Montana State offer and some big sky interest. They've got a defensive end, Charlie Gardner. He had, I think, nine or ten sacks last year. So it seems like, you know, okay, a lot of the region's in flux, but, you know, could Davis sort of take advantage of that because they've got the best guys coming back? No, who knows? It's really a giant question mark. And then in Region 5, it's a lot of the same thing, right? You had Farmington last year, which yeah. won the region as a second-year school, um, to, sort of to be expected last year because they had, like, 22 returning starters. Um, Farmington, of course, graduated everybody. They've got, like, they've got three returning starters this year, and then it's going to be sophomores and juniors across the board. But they've got a huge football program now. So it's like, okay, you can't just write them off. You know what I mean? And then you have Woods Cross, which is definitely the most talented team um, in Davis County and Weber County combined and Box Elder County. I don't know about cash, but, you know, Woods Cross is without a doubt the most talented team. You would think they they should win Region 5, right? But they've got a new head coach. How is that going to work? And then you've got Box Elder, who has a quarterback who's committed to Utah State and a couple other really, really, really good players. And then you don't know much else about the rest of them. And then just so many question marks and I guess so much potential for really competitive region races this year. I think that's the fun part about this. Obviously, with the new RPI system, it takes a little bit out of the region races and what they mean for yeah. state playoffs and everything. But it's still fun when you, everything's up in the air and going into a season, you're not sure who ultimately will prevail in those respective regions. Uh, let's yep. let's look at region one here. You mentioned the fact that Syracuse, yeah, a lot of guys graduated, but they still have some talent coming back. But you also mentioned the fact that Davis is lurking right there. Davis yeah. is a team to me that's very intriguing because they've had some years where they've been absolutely dominant. They had a great run in the mid-2000s. And mm-hmm. every year since then, they've been a solid program, it feels like. But this, I feel like, might be the year that they could finally get atop the region for the first time in a bit. Uh, and that's kind of a feeling in the region too. I mean, when I polled the coaches for, you know, a preseason region one poll, just sort of, you know, Hey, give me your thoughts one through eight right now. It's either, you know, Davis or Syracuse at the top. And realistically it would probably be Davis at the top in the coach's eyes, because, you know, a lot of them are giving respect to Syracuse because they won the region last year. But, you know, to be quite honest, like, you know, we, I think Syracuse's practice is you're going to need name tags on all those players right now because you don't really know who anybody is there anymore. It's a lot of young guys. They're going to be super young this year. But, yeah, Davis is very – Davis definitely has the, uh, you know, if not the highest potential, one of the highest potentials of 
Region 1 teams. Um, so they've got a returning quarterback, Chance Trujillo, who the coaches say he's a very, very coachable quarterback. And when I was watching him at practice a couple weeks ago, he was making some very, very good throws. Granted, this was, you know, in seven-on-seven seven against the second team, but he was still making throws that I don't think, you know, another team's starting defensive backs are going to defend. You know what I mean? A perfect perfect fade route to the sideline, a perfect out route where only his guy can get it. And then you have David Spute. You cannot kick to David Spute, okay? That's rule number one when you face Davis. You cannot kick to David Spute. And then it seems like Davis has, you know, a couple returners, in each position group, O-line, receivers, D-line, linebackers, et cetera. So definitely they have the most experience, I guess, good experience coming back. Technically in Region 1, Clearfield has the most returning experience. They're also a little intriguing just because they had a bad year last year, but everybody's back. How much are they going to improve, et cetera? But to your point about Syracuse, a lot of seniors last year, tons. So I think a big question mark. They'll still be competitive, but I don't know. I don't know how competitive. <laughs> I think we're all wondering that. Uh, one other question I wanted to ask you about Region 1 before we move on to Region 5 is Roy. Interesting story mm-hmm. here, because obviously Jackson Dart has been a standout for Roy, but he has moved to mm-hmm. Corner Canyon down in the Salt Lake Valley. Uh, what is Fred Fernandez going to do with the Royals? So it looks like and it sounds like that you're going to see a lot of um, – Old school Freddie Fernandez stuff, wing T, um, okay. you know, counter trap, that kind of thing. The quarterback is going to be a, uh, a dual threat junior left-hander named Parker Kingston, who was their second leading receiver last year. But he came to Roy with the plan to be to, with as a quarterback, um, with the plan to be the starting quarterback once Jackson Tart left. Well, that happened a year early, so now Parker Kingston is the quarterback. But the other thing, and maybe because Roy's got great skill players on offense, everybody knows that by now. Mm-hmm. They have Cade Harris and Izzy Gordon, and those two are you, – you have to account for them, and they will hurt you even if Roy's offensive line struggles. But maybe just as vitally important, Roy lost two of their three returning starters that were going to come back on defense. Um, linebacker Jaden Harris transferred to Ridgeline. Um, junior Crew Ross, I believe he was either a linebacker or a safety. He was their leading returning tackler set to come in this year, and he's transferred to Layton. So they had two returning starters on defense transfer out. So that's a that's a big thing with them. But I mean, you know, you've you've been around Utah long enough. You know that Fred Fernandez can pull 25 random kids out of a school hallway, and they can win five ball games. So I think they're going to be just fine. But you know definitely more question marks than I think a lot of people expected. Moving on to Region 5 here, you mentioned the fact that Farmington had a great year. They win that region title. Uh, Got Daniel Coates off to a head coaching start in his career that was rough, but pretty quickly turned that program into a winner. What is Farmington going to do for a follow-up here, in your opinion? Um, They're going to be very, very, very young. Um, mostly sophomores and juniors, um, and very different all around. So you remember their quarterback last year was a kid named Wyatt Everton. He was a six foot five pocket passer quarterback. Well, right, yeah. their quarterback this year is a sophomore named Drew Patterson, who is a five foot ten dual threat. Their offensive line last year was, you know, bigger, stronger, 
bulkier. Their offensive line this year is going to be more athletic, which sort of you know helps when you have a dual threat quarterback. You can roll offensive linemen out to the side to help protect. Their receivers are going to be more speedier and shiftier instead of the taller up and go get it guys. Um, this is what Coates told me last week. So very very different team, but at the same time. Farmington is the biggest school in Region 5. They've, they're going to have something like 1,900 kids wow. at Farmington this year. And, you know, and like Woods Cross and Viewmont and Bountiful, they're all at about, and Box Elder and Bonneville, they're all at about 1,400, 1,500. And the demographics of Farmington translate to something like 90 or 100 kids in the football program. So they've just got a huge program and a lot of talented kids. So they're still going to be very competitive in Region 5, I think, just, just by the nature of the beast. I just don't think we're going to see a team that, you know, rolls out and, you know, beats the pulp out of Region 5 last week, which is what they did three out of the five weeks. I've got a man crush on Woods Cross. I know that's a weird phrase to use, but the talent, <laughs> the talent that they have just makes oh, you salivate dude. thinking about what they could accomplish here. Are you, oh, kind of, are you in the same absolutely. camp? Absolutely absolutely in the same camp i think their their thing is if they get a quarterback okay if they get a good if they get a good quarterback they are going to be not like unstoppable but pretty close to unstoppable um they have three returners on the offensive line uh, Michael Mokafisi, Griffin Hess, Peyton Acord, and all, those three also play defensive line. Mokafisi is their big recruit. He's a yeah. senior. He's got offers from Utah, BYU, Nebraska, et cetera. Um, I believe it was his older brother, Filippo, who was a D-lineman at Utah a few years ago. Then they've got a junior, Luke Hyde, who had, I think, 1,100 receiving yards last year. Um, and then they've got... They've got a couple of really good linebackers coming back, Christian Smoot, David Daines. They are, you know, without a doubt, the most talented team. But then, you know, the question is, how is that going to look with the new coaching staff? Tyler Gladwell is the new head coach, came over from Layton, where he'd been coaching the past two years. And that was one of the things I asked Tyler is, look, you've got this talented team. How much are you going to, you know, how much are you going to change? How much, you know, what sort of fine balance do you find from, you know, changing a bunch of things to just sort of keeping things the same and letting these talented kids, you know, do, you know, the things that they can do? And he said, yeah, he's, you know, he's backed off a little bit because one thing was he got hired right during the COVID shutdown. So he didn't really get to meet these kids in person until June 1st when everybody started practicing. So, um, but yeah, if they get a quarterback, look out. I mean, look out already, but if they get a quarterback and the quarterback's good, then really, really look out. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one more thing with you here, Patrick. I wanted to jump down to Region 10 real quick. Ben Lohman and mm-hmm. Ogden, uh, two programs that have had their stretches where they've been good and they've been down for a long period of time. Ogden most recently yep. is the one that's been up. What should we expect from both the Tigers and the Scots this year? Uh, the Tigers, first of all, they could have a 1,000-yard rusher for the third year in a row, which at Ogden is a very, very rare thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, they're returning running backs, a kid named Logan Shoby. He rushed for over 1,100 yards last year. The year before that, it was Riley Hansen. Um, Riley Hansen's playing at University of San Diego now. Um, 
And Ogden was just banged up last year. I mean, they had dozens of starters out every game, you know, and would just make sort of patchwork teams. But Eric Thompson, the head coach, is really excited. He thinks that they've got the best offensive line that um, he's had since he took over the Ogden job a few years ago. They have a returning quarterback, Jace Holt. He was hurt the mo- mo- you know, most of the year. He had a concussion first, then a broken leg. But Holt is going to be a four-year starter because he started his first two years at Leighton Christian, started you know, the first part of last year, and then he's going to start this year. And they've got two or three returning receivers who, you know, weren't necessarily starters but got reps. So I think Ogden should be better. At least the pieces are in place where Ogden should be better. Again, it's a whole other thing because Ogden and Ben Lohman, they, you know, they've got very low participation. Their programs, you know, they get about, you know, 45, 50, 55 guys and whatnot. And once you're in the thick of region play, you're going against, Stansbury and Tooele and Park City, Mountain View, Cedar Valley got like 80, 90, 100 kids in their program, and it becomes a real adept issue. But I think this might be one of the better Ogden teams we've seen in a while. And then Ben Lomond, I would, I would have to think they'd improve. They won one game last year. It was under a new head coach, Lyndon Johnson. Um, and uh, so, and they're running. They're still running the triple option offense. It's a very interesting thing to. It's a very complicated, difficult offense to learn and to get good at. Absolutely. And that was one reason for some of their struggles last year is they're learning this. You know, it's not spread. Nobody does triple option anymore, so they got to learn this old school thing. But that's what fits their personnel. They're a lot smaller, faster, that kind of a thing. I think they should improve as well. They've got a substantial amount of returners on both sides of the ball. And then the thing that, you know, Coach Johnson and the players have really been excited about was they brought in this uh, strength coach named Nate Tuatagaloa. They brought him in in October, and he oversaw their off-season workouts, and he's going to help coach safeties, and he's their strength and conditioning guy. Um, Nate Tuatagaloa was brought in as the strength and conditioning coach at Weber High, when Matt Hammer had just taken over the Weber High job. And I asked Matt Hammer about this recently. Hey, how much did Nate have an impact on your program? And basically it was a huge impact. You remember Weber went back-to-back Region 1 champions uh, a couple years ago, and then they they finished second last year. So, you know, if you just look at, you know, how much Nate helped Weber get to, you know, the level that they're kind of rolling at these days. I mean, you have to assume it's going to be some, a pretty beneficial thing at Ben Lomond as well. Well, Patrick, can't thank you enough for taking some time to join us here. We'll be covering this all season long. We'll have you back on again soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. There you go. Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner. And I think Region 1 and Region 5, the unknown going into the season with a lot of those senior heavy teams really trying to reload here, should make for some fun region races. As we've talked about, the RPI ratings really have taken, I think, some of the juice out of the regions. I would actually like to see the UHSAA try and revamp things where they can balance maybe a little bit more of region uh, versus the RPI in upcoming formats for the playoffs. But that's probably a conversation for a different day. But interesting nonetheless uh, to hear from Patrick about what he expects to see from the Region 1 and Region 5 teams, as well as to see if Ogden and or Ben Lohman can take a step forward this coming season. All right, let's continue on now with our top 20 rankings. We'll go through number 6 through 10 here. 
there. And at number six, we've got another 5A contender, and that's our good friends down there at Tempview. Uh, a lot of talent. Logan Fanot, probably the top defensive lineman in the state of Utah, or I guess you could say top pass rusher in terms of the recruiting rankings. A great athlete there. They've also got Raider DeMooney, a great athlete, can play a myriad of positions across the field, currently committed to play for BYU, and he is a kid to keep an eye on. He's worth the price of admission alone, I feel like. But also to keep an eye out for Targi Lamson, a big-bodied back, capable of really breaking it if he needs to, but more than capable of just picking up three yards and bowling over a defender as well. And so... I really like what Tim has got going for him. Andy Stokes has done a good job taking over that job the past few years and looking forward to seeing what the Thunderbirds pose this year. Back to 6A with number 7, we've got the American Fort Cavemen. A lot of talent back, but also lost a bevy of talent as well. Bodie Schoonover is gone. Uh, they have some great players still returning to the Cavemen, and they're similar to Lone Peak. They're a rival just up the street. And You heard us talk to Sean Walker earlier on. That region, speaking of Region 4, it is the SEC of Utah high school football. Some of the best teams in the state year in and year out come out of that region, and American Fork is no exception. They have expectations of competing for the region championship, making deep runs in the playoffs. We'll see if American Fork can live up to the hype this year as they reload a little bit. On to number eight, as Skyview, the defending 4A champions, are ranked in the top 10. I think a team that is underrated right now, they did lose Mason Falslev. They've got a lot of talent still returning, though, to that team. And I wouldn't expect anything less from Skyview than them to be in the contention for the 4A state championship. They should be the top of their region, but we'll find out. We're going to talk with Ajay Salveson from 106.9 The Fan here in just a little bit about Cash Valley football. What does he make of Skyview? We'll get to that here in just a minute uh, at number nine we go back to the 6a ranks and once again region four pleasant grove high school this is a team speaking of pleasant grove that i think is severely underrated right now they have one of the top rated recruits in the state of utah and isaac vaja a six foot seven 230 pound athlete could play defensive end tight end wide receiver whatever you want him to play he's capable of playing there and mark wooten I think there's a lot of talent in Pleasant Grove that's eager to really show what they can do. They have their work cut out for them, as all the teams in Region 4 do. But keep an eye on Pleasant Grove. There's a reason why they're ranked in the top 10. And we'll round out the top 10 here just down the road from Pleasant Grove. And that is the Sky Ridge Falcons. Sky Ridge has been a team since they opened. Uh, John Lehman has done a great job building them into a solid team. This year... I have question marks about their ability to stay with some of the bigger teams, or I guess the faster teams is my biggest question mark. Could they prove me wrong? I hope they do. Uh, That's the biggest thing. But John Lehman, he has proven year in and year out, you never count out Sky Ridge, and they should be a team to keep an eye on this year. So we'll continue on with numbers 11 through 15 after we talk with Ajay Salveson right here in just a moment on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. All right, let's check in in Cache Valley. Skyview, obviously the class of 4A a year ago. How good are they going to be this year? Well, Ajay Salveson covers high school football up there in Cache Valley. He's a radio host up there as well. Had a great opportunity to catch up with an old friend of mine and talk some high school football up there in the Cache Valley. So without further ado, let's get to it here. This is Ajay Salveson with myself on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Ajay, thanks for taking the time. How are you? 
Jake, for you, anything. This podcast is awesome. I love talking high school football, bud. Absolutely. Well, tell me, uh, Case, you're on, is it 106.7 up there in the Logan area? So it's 106.9 The Fan. 106.9, okay. 106.9 The Fan. Great show. I've been on the show in the past, and you guys do great work. Obviously, you guys broadcast the high school games up there in the Cache Valley as well on the weekends. So we are talking Region 11 football. It encompasses all the greater Cache Valley area. And, Ajay, what's the overall feeling for Region 11 this year? You know, it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's a mixed bag of emotions. You think about Skyview, who lost Mason Faultless. They do return Caden Carlson, who's a heck of a quarterback. Great footwork, great arm strength. Uh, and then Isaac Larson, who is at Logan, has now, with the help of a quote-unquote move, uh, is now playing for Skyview, and that's a huge get for the Skyview Bobcats, a team that returns, what, 7 of 11 defensive starters already, and you add on Isaac, it's, that's going to be an impressive football team. So it's not that they had to rebuild without Mason, it's that they're reloading. Uh, and then Green Canyon was a team last year who had a bizarre season. I mean, they beat some pretty good teams to start off, then had two back-to-back losses, including a bizarre one versus Mountain Crest where they got shut out 6 to nothing. Uh, and, and everyone's kind of wondering what Green Canyon's going to do this year. Again, they return a lot of talent, but it seems that they can't get out of their own way. Um, and then from there on, you know, Ridge, and I'll even put Ridgeline in the box. This is their third new coach in three years, which is extremely tough. And Travis Cox, as he uh, overtakes the reins now, and he coaches his boy, Caden Cox, who's the starting quarterback. But really, there's not a lot of confidence from Ridgeline on the way, all the way down that any other team can be able to compete. So, obviously, Skyview wins the state title last year, and a lot of talent there. I saw them up close a couple of times a year ago, and it appears it's just kind of, yeah, like you said, a reload rather than a rebuild for Skyview. Are they your favorite to repeat as a state champs? Not as state champs. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound really it, – it, it seems like it's going to be a dig at Skyview, and it's not meant to be. But Mason Falsworth could do everything. Look, Jake, you've been around high school football your whole life. You've seen all the great athletes, and nobody covers it better than you do. Um, Mason Falsworth has to be somewhere in the top of your list, if you were to have a list. Uh, just what he could do offensively. Uh, I mean, he could play receiver, quarterback, walk your dog, mow your lawn, and clean your dishes all at the same time. It seemed like he was, he was Mr. Do It All. And without him, it's going to be really interesting to see what this team looks like. I still have faith in Caden Carlson. I still have, I have a lot of confidence in Isaac Larson. They have, they have a good chunk of their offensive line coming back. And their defense, who led the uh, 4A in points given up. Uh, they again, they recruit seven out of eleven starters. It's a very, very good football team. Very good. I think they're a state title contender. I don't know if they win the state championship, but again, Park City was ten and zero last year, whatever it was, and got whitewashed by Skyview in the state championship. So, region champions, absolutely state champions. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Well, obviously, you mentioned the fact that Green Canyon, interesting season a year ago. One of my favorite quarterbacks in the state, though, is Jake Lundeen. I think he's a great quarterback, does a lot of different things well. What's the reason for optimism around Green Canyon? Over 1,000 yards rushing from Jake Lundeen, over 1,000 yards passing from Jake Lundeen, and they still return a majority of the starters back on offense and a pretty good defensive back uh, uh, group of returners coming back. And, and that's kind of the theme for Region 11 this year is that, uh, you know, you've got 
spurts of returning starters coming back offensively, but the majority of defensive guys come back, including for Mountain Crest. But for Green Canyon, you know, it's it's more their offense can, you know, burn out light bulbs on the scoreboard. That's what they're so good at doing. Again, it's just getting out of their own way. Jake, they put up 24 points versus Skyview and then get shut out just seven days later versus Green Canyon. Who explains that? And then they go to Pineview and they score 36 versus a very good Pineview football team. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, when I talk to some Green Canyon folks, they say, you know what, these, these kids are still learning. They were young. It was their second year, and, and they'll, they'll get the hang of it now. But then there's some others that are saying that Craig Gonder is so focused on the offensive side that he's completely forgot about the defensive side of the ball. And it's frustrated kids a lot on the defensive side of the ball. They feel like they haven't got the educational, I, I guess, onfield education to be a good defensive football team. But um, talking to someone close to Craig, Coach Craig Honor, they said that, you know, Craig's kind of fixed that. Uh, he does have a very balanced focus, both offensively and defensively, and that they feel like this could be their year to take the region championship. Let's talk a little bit about Ridgeline. You mentioned the fact they're on their third coach in three years, but it does help when you have a starting quarterback who is carrying on for you, as well as a D1 athlete in Jovessa DeMooney. Uh, is Ridgeline ready to go again? We'll find out. Again, third coach in three years is asking a lot. Travis Cox is a is – a, I've, I've been around Travis Cox, obviously. He played at Utah State, was quarterback there, played at Mountain Crest, was very successful there. But, you know, this their their defense has been, has been good. Their offense has just always been inconsistent. And, and the question is, can they fix that this year? I like Ridgeline. I really do. I don't see them being a team that's going to be consistent all the way through the season, though, especially – uh, especially offensively, but that could change. We're going to run a spread offense. It's going to be a run-and-go attack. And, uh, you know, for a lot of high school teams who can run that, if they can be efficient, not try to shoot for the big play every single down, but just be efficient moving the ball and, and marching for first downs and moving the chains, uh, that's the kind of offense that's going to put up a lot of points in a high school football game. Uh, I Again, I, I think that it's a, a very well – Offensive core, I guess, or defensive core, I should say, but offensively is where I, I still have my concerns. And uh, with we've already hit at nauseum three coaches in three years, and everyone's been a new offense. It's it's asking a lot of these high school kids. All right, let's talk about the final three teams in the region here. You've got Mountain Crest, who finished five and seven a year ago. Bear River also finished five and seven a year ago, and Logan at three and eight. Uh, they're picked in that <laughs> order in the coaches' uh, poll going into this season. Which of those three do you feel like is the best of the trio? Green Can. Oh no, it's not Green Can. Excuse me. Forgive me. Uh, Bear River. Okay. I think Bear River is going to be a little bit better. Mountain Crest was really intriguing this last year. They got to a really rough start. I mean, horrible start. And all of a sudden, like, the region came along and the light just turned on for every single one of those players. They returned a good core of, uh, of the defensive backs, including Elijah Jackson and Fulger. Fulger was major on the offensive side of the ball last year, including the state uh, playoff game in the second round versus Stansbury, where they fell in a heartbreaker. But they also got a, a big chunk of leadership coming back on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Mountain Crest offensively is going to be a huge struggle. I mean, a very major struggle. Uh, they lose a chunk of stars, including Mason Baldwin, who was one of their leading receivers. Uh, that's going to be a big question mark for them. It's, and that was a big problem from last year that they had a defense but didn't have an offense. 
Bear River is going to be interesting, Jake. Josh Payne comes back as a quarterback, but it's really going to be the running game. I saw Josh Payne struggled at times in throwing the ball, made some really questionable decisions throughout quarterback at times. Uh, but the running game led by Caden Jones, or at least Caden Bucket Jones is what they call him, uh, is, is a very good running back. He's a big, bolder guy that also got a running back who's a shifty kid. Um, doesn't you know he doesn't run downhill? He kind of shifts around you and will try to juke you. But uh, with that kind of a pair of a combo, they feel like the running game is going to be what's going to be key for them. Um, Logan is a mess, and I feel really bad. Not only did they they, they improve last year, but now you lose Isaac Larson, who is uh, one of the best, I guess, non-quarterback players in the state of Utah. He's got great mm-hmm. length, great athleticism, great athleticism, can high point a ball. Logan, I, I just I feel devastated for them. They just seem to not catch a break. Um, and that might be the case this year as well. But I like Bear River a lot. Uh, I think Bear River climbs out of that uh, dweller cellar from those three teams, and uh, um, I don't know if they can make a run in the state tournament, but that's why we play the game. Well, AJ, can't thank you enough for taking the time. Look forward to covering the season all year long for however long it lasts for, and we'll have you back on again soon, okay? Take her one of the best. Thanks, my man. There you go. Ajay Salveson from 106.9 The Fan. Interesting to hear him say that he thinks that Skyview is the favorites in the region up there in Region 11, but he does not believe that they should be the favorite to repeat as 4A state champions. Very interesting comments from Ajay, and a big thank you to him for joining us on the podcast. It's a big thank you to everybody who's joined us on the show so far. Sean Walker, Patrick Carr. Coming up here in a minute, you're going to hear from Devin Dixon down there in St. George. And I can't thank these guys enough for taking the time to join me here on the podcast today, but wanted to get you guys a really comprehensive view of high school football this year in the state of Utah. And I'm really excited. That's the biggest thing about it. We've been talking high school football all summer long, kind of planning what we wanted to do. Is high school football going to take place? Well, now that it's a go, we're going to be covering it for however long it goes for, and hopefully it goes for the entire season, and we'll have it covered for you here each week on the podcast. All right, uh, before we take another break here, let's get to our third or our penultimate five-team ranking here. We're going 11 through 15 in our preseason rankings. A reminder for you guys, go to Utah Prep Zone on Twitter. You can follow us there and weigh in with your thoughts on our preseason poll. At number 11, we have a team that kicks off the season tomorrow night, and that is the Harriman Mustangs. Uh, This is a team, Harriman, you know what you're going to get. Hard-nosed football. They produce talent year in and year out. They have a very uh, old-school mentality when it comes to playing football. And like I said, it's downhill running. It's hard tackling. They just play a unique brand of football under Dustin Pierce, and I expect nothing less, just outside the top 10 for Harriman. And they're going to be a team in Region 3 to keep an eye on all year long. On to number 12, we move down to Utah County once again in the Lehigh Pioneers. Creighton Cooper, the younger brother of Cameron Cooper, I think this is the year that Creighton really moves into the spotlight and should show what talent he's got. Of course, his older brother is now at Washington State and a great quarterback, uh, one of the all-time greats in Utah high school football history. Can Creighton Cooper live up to that hype? I think he's got an opportunity this year to step out from under the shadow of his older brother, and I think what they've got going at Lehigh should give him that opportunity to do so. It's a solid program, speaking of the Pioneers, and I expect that they'll be in contention all year long. Number 13, we go back to the Salt Lake Valley and the Brighton Bengals. 
Brighton is an inter- interesting team to me. For years, one of the best teams in the state. You guys remember the old black and blue rivalry series that they had going on. And this is one of those teams that was right up there with both Alta and Bingham, but fell off for a little bit. But it appears that they are back. I really like what Brighton is building here. Of course, they're building a brand new high school that will not be open yet. But I think the Brighton Bengals are a team to keep an eye on in the high school ranks this year, especially in 5A. We'll see if they can compete with some of the, I guess, what would you call it, the the more established programs. But I do think they have the talent to very much be in the mix all year long. So keep an eye on the Brighton Bengals. Uh, continuing on here at number 14, Davis, the other team in action in the first game in the state of Utah tomorrow night. They take on our good friends at Harriman. Davis is an interesting team. As you heard Patrick Carr talk about, in theory, they should be the favorite in Region 1, but... There's always crazy things that happen in Region 1. It's a region that very much eats its own, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just the competitive nature of that region. Uh, any team, it feels like any week, can re- can jump up and bite the other. and it's, it's just that way in that region. It's just one of those things. These teams know each other so well. They've been banded together in a region for feels like decades at this point. But Davis, very much a talented team and hoping to reassert themselves as the top dog in Region 1. And then finally, Syracuse, uh, of course, the top competition, probably for Davis, checks in at number 15, graduated a lot of talent from a year ago off that Syracuse team. Can they reload in time and stay among the elite in both Region 1 as well as 6A? We're about to find out. All right, we will do our final check-in from around the state with our good friend Devin Dixon from ESPN 97.7 down there in St. George. Talk some Region 9 football here in just a moment. Stay tuned on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. All right, our final check-in here on today's supersized edition of the Utah Prep Zone podcast takes us to Southern Utah. I had a great chance to speak with Devin Dixon from ESPN 97.7, a sports radio host down there, and obviously calls a lot of high school football action as well. So here you go, Devin Dixon with myself, Jay Catch, on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Devin, thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir? Jake, pleasure to be on with you, man. I'm doing great. Well, that's good to hear. Well, high school football is here, and of course, Region 9 down there in the greater St. George area, always a hot spot for high school football. Uh, some of the best teams in what used to be uh, 5A, 4A, they've been jumping around from 3A at one point, all different classifications, but every year it seems like you have teams from St. George who are among the elite in whichever classification they're playing in. What's the outlook for Region 9 this year? Well, it's been fun. I mean, I've been here almost 20 years covering Region 9, and we're starting to see more and more kids out of this conference go to the next level. I mean, probably the biggest name is Penae Sewell up there in Oregon, but, you know, Mike Sharp had a great career at SUU. So did Mike Needham. Uh, You see uh, the the freshman Peyton Wilgar have an impact as a walk-on at BYU last year. So they're starting to spit out a lot more talent down here in southern Utah. This town is growing. And this year – I think there's three teams, maybe a fourth team that can make a run in a state championship. But I think there was a lot of youth in Region 9 last year. So it's going to be a little bit more mature region. And a lot of the sophomores and juniors are now bigger, stronger, faster. So I expect it to be a lot of fun this year. We had our Region 9 media day on Monday. And Snow Canyon got seven out of the 12 votes. They were picked as the preseason favorites. I'll tell you what, Jake, this Snow Canyon team is loaded. They might have five, six Division One players on this Warrior team. So right now on paper, everybody kind of thinks that the Warriors are going to be the team to beat. But I'll tell you what, Pineview's got a lot coming back. You never, ever want to underestimate Coach Munkers and Dixie, although they do have to replace 
uh, 10 out of 11 starters on offense. So that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. But I expect them by the end of the season to have some momentum. I wanted to ask you about Snow Canyon. It seems like it's been a pretty slow build for them to build things up from the ground up, but it looks like this might be the payoff year. Yeah, Mike Esplin actually went to Snow Canyon, was part of a, a state championship team back in, uh, I think it was the 96-97 season. Uh, he played for Coach Jacobson there. Uh, he's brought back a lot of the traditions from when he was a player. And, yeah, I mean, they've had a, a couple years under him now, and, and now this senior class is really good. I mean, Landon Fry, a three-year starter and quarterback, He's already committed to play baseball at the University of Utah, but he loves the game of football. And former BYU star and offensive coordinator Tim Nowatsky is the offense this season, and a lot more of Fry. Uh, they've got four of their five linemen back. Um, Ja'Cory McKeever is gonna, was All-State last year. He's probably going to be All-State again this year. Isaac Lees is big and strong. Jaden Erickson at center. I mean, if you can't stop this run with Bretton Stone carrying the ball and some other skill position guys, Snow Canyon can really go to play action. They've got playmakers, a wide receiver. I mean, this offense uh, has a chance to, I think, average 45, 50 points a game uh, if they so choose to. They're that good up front. That would be fascinating to see. Of course, uh, Region 9 is no stranger to high-flying offenses. I think most people, when they think of Region 9 and high-flying offense, they think of Pineview. Uh, yep. McLeod Croton last year was absolutely lights out. What is Pineview going to do to replace him? Well, it's going to be Bunnell. Uh, Bunnell has come in and done everything that they have asked him to do. Uh, th- this is a, a kid that's waited his time. Uh, you know, and, and McLeod Croton, with the, everything with COVID, he's still in town, so he's really working on a day-to-day basis with Gary Croton, obviously, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, and specifically with, with Bunnell. And, and Bunnell's the guy. Uh, they, Enoch Takao, who is a great running back, great backer, his little brother – um, is coming up through. He's going to be the next quarterback, but this year it looks like it's Bunnell's show, and they've got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, they got Preston Mann, the McKenzie brothers. I mean, Dominic McKenzie can absolutely fly, and I know they lost a lot of their senior receivers, but they have really reloaded, and you know, the offense is going to be fast, and it's going to be spread, and it's going to be try to outscore you, but maybe the biggest difference for Pineview this year is they got a lot of their guys coming back on defense, and they should be really stout on that side of the ball as well. You know, Pineview should – that Snow Canyon-Pineview game right now might be for the Region 9 title on paper, even though we haven't played a game yet. I mean, it's going to be a fun game. I, I look forward to seeing how that one plays out here. You mentioned Dixie as a team you cannot, you can't count out. Obviously, replacing a lot on offense here. What is it about Dixie that makes them so consistent year in and year out? Well, I mean, when Coach – Munkers was first there. You know, they were winning state championships. And, of course, he went to take the offensive coordinator position at Dixie State University mm-hmm. and, and then left there and had some other stops. And then when Coach Stokes took the temp view job, Coach Munkers came back. And, uh, you know, he's just such a veteran. He's just so savvy. He just he, He's just a wizard with the scripting. And he plays to his player strength so well. But um, Jacob Barbin was the flyer quarterback a couple years ago. Uh, his younger brother, Bronson Barber, is a junior, and this kid's the real deal. He might have the best arm strength of any Dixie quarterback in the past, you know, 15, 20 years. Now, the problem with that is he's got a young, unproven wide receiver core, so they're going to need some of those kids to kind of step up. Alex Maycock's going to be their running back. He's a strong physical runner, uh, but they've got only one starter left on, on that line, and that's the center. So if you were to pick a lineman to have back, that center, he can get him in their set, get him in and out of the huddle. Um, but I think Dixie's strength really is going to be the defense. I mean, Coach Rick Berry, defensive coordinator, he, he's coached collegiately. Uh, he played at Rick's, coached at Rick's. He's jumped around a little bit, but he's back 
for a second consecutive year calling the defense. And that defense is going to be really, really stingy this year. Dixie's problem to me is they're really undersized this year. They just don't have uh, the size that, that you're going to see, you know, even a Crimson Cliffs or a Snow Canyon or a Pine View. I think Desert Hills is a team that's a little bit smaller this year. So, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, sometimes speed's all that matters, but sometimes uh, that size, especially if you're trying to run the ball, can be such a difference maker. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Desert Hills. Obviously, ever since that school opened, they have been a contender in Region 9. Last year, that 5-5 five and five record, a little bit of a down year comparative to what they had done previously. What did the Thunder look like? Well, uh, you know, you had Logan Willstead graduate, mm-hmm. and, and he was a dual-threat quarterback. And they have a senior uh, in, in uh, Bentley that's, that's got a couple snaps last year. He's, he's not really a pure pocket guy. He's not really a dual-threat guy. He, he's got good leadership ability, but he's not the most athletic guy. So in the preseason, they're going to really be searching for who's commanding the offense, who can make plays, because they've got uh, Noah Falatamalo that is a sophomore quarterback that I've – I've kind of coached uh, all the way up through. He's the same age as my son, so I know a lot about him. And, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, by region play, they're going to go with one or the other. And it just depends on what Coach Murdoch sees, who's, who's performing better and who's leading a little bit better. And that's, that's a big question mark. Uh, they've got Ethan Ford that's a scat back. I mean, you can't hardly see him. He's like five foot five and <laughs> runs like a 4'4", 40. Um, he's going to be good. EJ Alden, the running back. They lost uh, Zeke. He transferred to Alta um, to play for his uncle. They moved up north, so they lost his younger brother, too. So Desert Hills, because of the crimson boundary cut and because of some players leaving town, they, they, don't, they don't maybe on paper have as much, but Coach Murdoch now, another year under his belt, taking over for Coach program up after Coach Jake Nelson retired. Um, you're right. They've had a winning pedigree, and they should surprise some teams. I mean, they did get one first-place vote in our, our media day. Um, but, yeah, I think Desert Hills is going to be a team that's kind of fighting to get into the top three. Defensively, they've got three of their four leading tacklers back, so they should be really good defensively. They do have a couple really big targets at, at tight end that didn't play varsity last year, they're really excited about. So I think Desert Hills is kind of the, the, the unknown team that everybody knows has a bunch of talent, but will they maximize it? And can they win some of those big-time matchups against Dixie, Pineview, Snow Canyon to get them up there fighting for the Region 9 title? Only time will tell. But uh, they, they do have a good core. they got a little football family over there. That's the one thing that's really cool down here in southern Utah. I'm not sure how it is up north because I haven't lived up north and covered a lot of those games outside of – state championship games and playoff games, but every team has themes, and they're so close-knit, uh, and they really uh, have great leadership. I think we're really blessed in Southern Utah with some, some great coaches in the region, and that's for sure. And then behind those teams we just talked about, you know, Crimson is going to be kind of like Desert Hills, not sure what to expect. I mean, Coach Tate, uh, Coach Wayne Alofapo, man, I remember him playing football for Dixie State and then played a lot of years in semi-pro He's such a great defensive coordinator. He was with Coach Andy Stokes when they won state championships in Dixie. Um, he's the D.C. over there. They're going to be a year older, bigger, faster, stronger. That's actually the assignment I got on Friday night. It's Crimson Cliffs versus Manti. And the reason we're doing that game down here on ESPN 97.7 is because, if you remember, last year Crimson had some problems with the contractor building the turf and yeah. the stadium, and they didn't, they didn't get one home game. So that's going to be the first chance for those kids to play on their home field this Friday night. And I know they're pretty excited about it. They've got some new move-ins. Uh, they've got a, a sophomore and a junior quarterback that are both going to see some reps until kind of one establishes himself. Uh, Chase Hansen was 
the guy that played a lot last year, but they've got a sophomore, uh, Ty. He's, he's, he's pretty solid. I've heard really good things out of camp about him. Uh, Hurricane and Canyon View and, and Cedar, I think Hurricane and Canyon View, probably the, the bottom two teams, you know, if they can win two, three games this year and take a big step forward from one win seasons last year, maybe triple up on wins, that would be good. Cedar, I think, is a team, though, that's kind of right there with a lot of senior leadership. You know, a couple of years ago, Jake, they scrapped the triple option. And everybody's yeah. like, we ran that for 20 years. <laughs> what are you doing? And Coach Bennett just took it on the chin. And it took him a couple years. But with, with uh, Jaron Garrett at quarterback now, this kid is now established. He's played in the system for three years. He's got Colby White. He's got playmakers. They've got a veteran offensive line. Uh, it wouldn't be a shock if Cedar was right there fighting with Pineview and Snow Canyon for, for the region battle at the end of the season. They're very talented as well. And I, I, I got to keep reminding myself, it's the Cedar Reds since they changed their nickname to the Reds. I, I slipped that up the other day. I'm, you never want to say, going out of a commercial break, hey, Devin, don't call them the Redmen. And then, boom, <laughs> you, put, you, you put that in your head. And I said, we'd like to welcome Coach Bennett and the Cedar Redmen to the set. And, oh, my gosh, I'm like, you idiot. But uh, it's fun. I think, I think Cedar's going to be a team to watch this year. They're going to put up some points, and, and they're going to be better than they were a year ago. Well, Devin, we're looking forward to it. I look forward to catching up with you again down the road here, and hopefully I'll have a great season down there in Region 9, all right? Yeah, we're starting it. I'm hoping we can finish it, buddy. I saw the news today. Dixie State has canceled their fall football season, moved back to the spring. I know there was rumors and stuff. So for us down here in southern Utah, SUU's on hold too. So high school football is going to be where it's at. So, yeah, let's hope we can get through this season safely and ha- have a bunch of fun and uh, get these kids uh, through a senior season. Man, it was gut-wrenching to have that spring sports season ripped away, and I know these kids really want to play. So we all got to do our part to make sure that, that that happens. And even though we're starting, hopefully we can finish this thing. Absolutely. Well, Devin, thanks again. All right, buddy. Good to be with you, man. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you down the road. There you go, Devin Dixon, and you heard him say it, Snow Canyon, a team to keep an eye on. Could have five or six Division I players, if I'm not mistaken, is what he said, but there's always a similar to some of the other conversations we've had today. In Region 9, this is a region that has got a lot of familiarity with each other. These high schools are geographically isolated. They know each other. You heard him talk about the fact that there's different communities that band around these different high schools, and that's a fun part of what high school football is all about, and I hope that that continues to grow both in St. George and even just statewide overall. But we'll wrap up today's podcast with our final set of five in our top 20 preseason rankings. And Snow Canyon is in this bunch. We'll get to them here in just a moment. Let's start off with Farmington. Uh, We talked about Farmington earlier on with Patrick Carr from Region 5. Obviously won the region championship a year ago. Daniel Coates has done a good job building that program into a consistent winner in very short order. This year, the question is, can they keep it going despite having to reload on both sides of the ball? We're going to find out. Daniel Coates has proven to be a good coach. He's got a good staff there working with him at Farmington. He also heard him say, uh, heard Patrick Carr say, one of the biggest high schools in the 5A ranks, nearly 2,000 students. That should help them in terms of having overall talent and the base to really uh, stay among the elite in 5A. As I mentioned, Snow Canyon, one of the favorites in 4A this year. They've done a good job building things. You heard Devin Dixon talks about talk about the fact that they've got a lot of talent. And 
I'm looking forward to seeing what the Warriors can do. They used to be one of those teams out there that was good year in and year out. They've suffered some down seasons in recent memory, but they've rebuilt this thing, and it looks like this might be the year that Snow Canyon gets back atop the Region 9 rankings and hopefully makes some noise in the 4A ranks. Uh, final three teams here. Kearns, of course, region titleist a year ago. Still a lot of talent out there on the west side of the Salt Lake Valley. And in Region 2, it's always kind of a silent region. They're not really necessarily a team that's dominant year in and year out. Or I guess you could say that Kearns has been that team. But in terms of making an impact at the state level, it hasn't been a, a true uh, state title contender, it feels like, come out of Region 2 in some time. Can Kearns be that? We're going to find out, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with the Kearns Cougars this year. A lot of talent out that way, as usual. And we also check back down in southern Utah with the Dixie Flyers. Blaine Moncrez, a great coach down there. You heard Devin Dixon just a moment ago talk about the fact that they have to reload 10 of their 11 starters on offense, but I never can out Dixie. They're a team that just seems to find a way to win year in and year out. They're an annual contender in Region 9. Seemingly are always a team in the 4A state playoffs that is a team that you don't want to face when it comes to that time of the year. And I think it's a good reason why they're ranked number 19 in our preseason poll. And then finally, number 20 in our rankings is the Olympus Titans. Region title winners a year ago. I'm interested to see what Aaron Whitehead and Olympus do this year. I just see this team uh, being a team that should reload, but may slip a little bit. That's why I put them at number 20. I kept them in the top 20, but right at the very end of it. I think very easily they could still win the region title once again. Of course, uh, there will be other teams that have other ideas about that. But I do look at Olympus as one of those teams that maybe, just maybe, there might be some slippage there. And we're going to find out as the season plays out this fall. All right, so there you go, our top 20 rankings. Let us know what you guys think about it. At Utah Prep Zone on Twitter. Love getting you guys' feedback. Going to have a lot of coverage this year of high school sports. And couldn't be more excited to be all be a part of it as we talk about it here on the Zone Sports Network. And a big thank you to you guys for your continued support of the podcast as usual. Make sure to follow the show on whichever podcast provider you're listening in from. Leave us a rating and review as well. Help us build this audience. We're going to cover a unique year in high school football, and I hope you guys will be along for the ride all season long. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show, a supersized edition as we preview week one and the season ahead in high school football. Like I said, support the show. Follow us on Twitter at Utah Prep Zone. Leave us that rating and review on the podcast provider that you're listening in from. And once again, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back along next week as we recap everything going on in Utah high school football action. And have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Utah Prep Zone podcast for August 12th, 2020.